Welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council with hosts Grace Evans and Moses Bratchrud. Stay informed on the top stories on life, family, and religious freedom. Get the facts, stand for truth. Hello and welcome back to the Family Beacon Podcast. My name is Grace Evans. I'm here with Moses Bratchrud. Today we have a lot of things to discuss, you guys. Let me give you a quick rundown of everything we will be discussing. First, we have a huge victory to report, which is awesome amidst all of the craziness happening in our state. We have a victory. There was bipartisan support for an amendment that protects kids in our state from exploitation. So Moses will break that down more for us. We will also be discussing the health omnibus bill that has just come up that has pro-abortion language that is moving forward. We will discuss more about that and how it's moving forward. And then also we have a really exciting story about how an amazing family chose life against all odds and has a precious little baby boy. Just a very happy story um, that we just want to bring to you. So honestly, a lot of positive things to talk about on the podcast today. Super excited about that. Moses, go ahead and tell us more about this bipartisan victory we just saw. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about this. And um, so this was a controversy that 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 started um, and it really just it just came out with this with this bill that is uh, changing the um, uh, HF 447. And um, and you can read the bill. So, one of the the problem with this bill and why why people started getting concerned is that it re, it would remove this language from state law. So I'll, I'll read this: sexual orientation does not include a physical or sexual attachment to children by an adult. Mm-hmm. And people are like, "Whoa!" I mean, that sounds like, uh, and in fact, it is opening the door. So that pedophilia could have become a protected class, uh, a protected sexual orientation mm-hmm. under the Minnesota Human Rights Act. Now, that is absolutely, oh, that would have been horrible. That yep. would have been absolutely horrible. So we were, uh, we worked with legislators behind the scenes to make sure that there was an, an effective response to that. And um, and representative uh, and when when this uh, bill was being debated on the floor yesterday, that would be Wednesday, uh, April twenty sixth. Representative Harry Niska, who did an amazing job and has been first year, yeah, he he's been he's been making a lot of waves, doing yeah. a lot of good. Um, and he represents Ramsey, Minnesota, um, and he uh, he offered an amendment. And uh, the text of the amendment that he offered is the physical or sexual attachment to children by an adult is not a protected class under this chapter. So just being very clear Mm -hmm. that uh, pedophilia or any whatever, call it what you want, any type of child sexual exploitation is not protected under the Minnesota Human Rights Act. And the really cool thing and the really promising thing to me is that this was adopted unanimously. So. Um, I have a quote uh, from from our boss, John Helberger, the CEO. I'm just going to read this uh, because it just sums up what we think about this and what we what we hope people take away from this. Protecting kids from anyone who wishes them harm is one of Minnesota Family Council's core goals. We are deeply grateful to legislators for offering an amendment yesterday that will ensure there are no legal protections for child exploitations in Minnesota. We're also extremely grateful that this amendment was adopted unanimously. That's a great expression of the desire of legislators in both parties to protect children from exploitation. However, we wish it hadn't come to this point. 
We wish that the authors of this bill would have realized the potentially extremely dangerous direction this legislation would lead and corrected it before it got to the House floor. We're also concerned that as recently as yesterday, some Minnesota legislators were sending concerned constituents a message accusing Minnesota Family Council of misleading the public on the potential loophole for child exploitation that the original bill would have created. Just to be very clear, yesterday's unanimous vote shows that our concerns were grounded in fact, mm -hmm. and Minnesota legislators realized that and corrected course. We hope this is the start of a new bipartisan drive to protect Minnesota's kids from exploitation. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more we could say. Um, I think we really need to hold legislators to a high standard. Absolutely. We, it needs to not, you know, even if this problem has been fixed, it's not okay that it got to that point. It's not right. okay that, that legislators... Um, uh, pushed for language that would have potentially opened up that loophole. So we really want this to be a learning experience for legislators. And we're really grateful uh, that legislators did not move further on that. So grateful. And it's a strong statement. And and mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're just, it's so good in, in a year when, when so many things have, uh, when there's been so much bad legislation, it's just so great to see a piece of legislation that actually creates a new protection mm -hmm. for kids under Minnesota law. So it's great to see that. Amen. So good. So Moses, thank you so much for breaking that down. That is so important for you guys. Um, if you follow us on social media, on any platform at MN Family Council, you were notified of this. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful. We'll be sending out another notification update today just about this great victory. Um, so make sure you follow us there on all platforms because again, this podcast comes out every single Friday, um, but it's not every single day. And so you sometimes, there's things happening throughout the week that you guys really need to be aware of. So make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at MN Family Council. Moses, though, um, I really want to give a brief update. I want you to give our audience a brief update on the bad bills we discussed on our last podcast episode, the trifecta, as we were calling it. Mm -hmm. Can you just, I mean, we kind of knew it was going to happen, but can you just update our audience quickly? Yeah. So we knew Governor Walls was going to sign uh, this these, these three bills after they passed the legislature. So that wasn't really even news. No one mm -hmm. was surprised by this. Um, and, and so I'll read, I'll read Governor Walz's tweet from this morning. He says, I just signed three bills into law that quote, uh, or that checkmark protect people seeking or providing abortions in Minnesota, checkmark, ban the harmful practice of conversion therapy, checkmark, protect mm -hmm. access to gender affirming healthcare. In Minnesota, we're protecting rights, not taking them away. Now, mm. unfortunately, every aspect of that tweet is false, except for the fact that he did actually <laughs> sign those laws. Right. Um, so the first bill, um, that's uh, SF-63. I'll have to check on that number. Um, I actually, I think the that number is wrong. The Abortion Sanctuary Act. Yeah, it's called the Abortion Sanctuary Act. And so what that bill actually does is potentially open the door for abortionists who are facing criminal charges in other states to come to Minnesota and continue to practice. So that's endangering women and, of course, endangering children. Um, the so-called conversion therapy ban, it's extremely broad. And, and what it ends up doing uh, is it ends up banning compassionate, voluntary uh, talk therapy uh, for uh, uh, mental health counselors or pastors who are uh, dual credentialed, who are also mental health counselors from um, uh, from being able to uh, provide that to minors. Again, this is all voluntary. Nobody's talking about coercive anything, right? And then uh, finally, there's like a fraud clause to that bill, which is super gross. And basically it says, if you, uh, if you say that sexual orientation uh, can change, uh, that's potentially fraudulent. You could potentially end up in legal trouble over that. And it's like, that's just 
insane because we're talking about the, the the promise of the gospel that anybody can change, that all of our sins are, uh, they don't define us, but in fact, Jesus could give us a new identity that fully transforms us. So that is a really big threat that that mm-hmm. would be, uh, that would no longer be legal to say in Minnesota. Well, well it, uh, it's so bad that this bill has passed because now we'll have to see what happens and what the courts are going to do about that. Will they interpret that as a, um, a, as I think they should, as a First Amendment violation? Um, so we'll see. And then finally, the bill, uh, the so-called Trans Refuge Act, what we call the kidnapping bill. That is uh um, just such a horrible bill. The worst part, though, as we've discussed many times, is that it could take away custody for a child uh, from from his or her parents if the child is unable to receive harmful experimental gender affirming care. So that could give the state custody of kids, temporary emergency the court custody. Of the state. Mm-hmm. And and that you know, family law attorneys talked about how bad this is. Yeah. Uh, how how that puts kids potentially into a, a legal system, takes away parents' rights. Treats parents like abusers. Yeah. Yep. So so this is a it's 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 really bad that we've gotten to this point. And I and I and I hope Minnesotans hear this. I hope they hear how radical those bills are. Yeah. I hope they understand that Governor Walls is moving way into uncharted territory so in terms true. of in terms of what he's what he's doing. And I hope the people hear that this rhetoric is just it's just running. It just rings false in our ears. This idea of one Minnesota. Mm. It's this, these, this legislation is so extreme, so divisive, and and he's continuing to 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 travel under that banner. And I just I just hope that he's not able to do that anymore. I hope he like admits at least that he's um, that he's uh, running plays from the progressive playbook, which is divide divide people in the state. And take away their rights, and that—that's unfortunately what these, what all three of those laws would do. So true, Moses. So we have one more thing on the agenda for you guys that is a legislative update. And again, I'm going to have Moses break this down for us because he was in conversation with both our acting director of public policy and our attorney Renee Carlson. Um, so Moses, that was so helpful. But now tell us about the health omnibus bill. We're calling it the death omnibus bill, correct? Right. Um, why exactly are we calling it that? It has pro-abortion provisions. Mm-hmm. Update us on what those provisions are and tell us how it's moving forward. Yeah. So if you guys get MFC's emails, and I really suggest that you do, go to mfc.org forward slash subscribe. Then you got two action alerts from us this week, and that's way that's more than we wanted to send <laughs> out. And uh, we, we usually, we really try to not bother you guys with stuff unless it's really important. Unfortunately, um, we talked about the pedophilia bill and how that was a victory. Yeah. That was an alert we sent out on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we sent out an alert about HF 2930, this health omnibus bill, this death omnibus bill. And we've talked about this on the program before, so I'll keep this brief. But this really, it, it, it repeals a ton of sensible pro-life laws that most slash almost all Minnesotans would agree with. And I'll just focus on one. Removes language that explicitly requires life-saving care for infants born alive after surviving oh, an abortion. Infanticide. Yeah, it's yeah, it is infanticide. Wow. It is it is uh, a disservice and an insult to Minnesotans, mm-hmm. um, especially to those who are pro-life. And but 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 also to all of us. And it's a it's a it's an imminent threat to the health and safety of women and children in this state. It it just changes the whole game on the Hippocratic Oath mm-hmm. on what care doctors must provide. And it it's so sad to see that. So that in terms of whether that bill will be signed a, a, as of this um, 
or uh, we're not to that point, thankfully. Uh, as of this point, it's it's questionable whether um, that uh, uh, that language will be adopted by both the House and Senate. And if so, um, if it's adopted by one House but not the other, then it will go to a conference committee where they hash out the differences. So there's a lot left to go uh, with that particular health omnibus bill. And mm. we're hoping, we're praying that legislators will uh, will not adopt these language this language will not uh, cut Minnesota's last remaining pro-life laws right. from the books. And, and, and please do take action if you haven't already. Let your legislators know that you want Minnesota law to protect women and children, mm. not victimize them. So Amen. that's a little you – know, that builds a little bit of a downer. I, I want to talk about um, things that are good because so mm. much – there's so much good that's happening, especially if we look beyond politics. And Absolutely. That's, that's really yes. always true. And we as um, – this is a – a political podcast as well as other things, but mm -hmm. it's easy for us to lose that perspective. So, um, Grace, tell us about something that I think just makes us feel human and that the sun is shining. <laughs> Absolutely. And the fact that God is working in amazing ways. I mean, Amen. he works in mysterious ways, but those mysterious ways are also amazing ways. And so I really just want to tell you guys about a story that Live Action News recently published. It was written by a mom who, along with her husband, ended up choosing a life for their baby. They rejected abortion and their son, his name's Edmund, um, she says has been both a blessing and an inspiration. But you guys, the prognosis was not looking good at the beginning. So let me break down exactly what they were told and how they chose life, even though they were encouraged to get an abortion and really how we can rejoice with this family. So this is the predicament that this family was facing. This is a Christian family, you guys. So they were told, the husband and wife, they already had other kids, they were told that their 13-week-old baby had a 5% chance of survival, you guys. 5%. Wow. So imagine, Moses, you have two children. I mean, imagine being told that at 13 weeks. Your wife has is 13 weeks pregnant, and a doctor says your baby only has a 5% chance of survival. So devastating. Crushing. Now, the reason for this is it was due to a cystic hygroma, hy hy I think is how you say it. I'm sorry for saying that wrong. Um, but basically what that is, it's a buildup of fluid that's most often found on the back of a baby's neck within the utero. Um, so they're usually these cystic hygromas. Again, sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but this is usually associated with chromosome abnormalities. Um, and so this because of this this couple this family was given a very grim prognosis they uh were immediately told by their healthcare provider abortion is an option but guess what Th this mom and this husband they automatically they said they knew that this baby of theirs had infinite value mm -hmm. regardless of possible anomalies regardless of a 5% survival rate um they knew that their baby had value and they yes. did not um, they did not consider abortion, which is just amazing. Um, they also found out uh, pretty much right after that that the baby had a heart defect as well um, called a double outlet right ventricle and maybe also some brain malfunctions. Mm. Um, so they also they, – they found this out, but they actually opted out of any kind of invasive genetic testing because sometimes that can actually hurt the baby. So they opted out of that even though they knew that there were going to probably be a lot of deformities, maybe disabilities for their baby. Maybe their baby wouldn't even survive. Um, so they weren't sure what kind of diagnosis the baby would actually have because, of course, you can't fully diagnose a child before it's born. You can't be like, oh, 100% sure. I mean, all the time 
doctors will diagnose babies with Down syndrome and then they're born and they don't have Down syndrome or they'll say, oh, your baby only has one arm and your baby's born, your baby has two arms. Like they, the doctors do ne never know. And even if the doctors would know with 100% clarity, that still would not justify abortion as we will talk about later. Um, so here's what, they went to a different doctor, you guys, because they're like, oh my gosh, they're telling us to abort our child. We yeah. are not aborting our precious child. Yeah, I would be, I would be out of that office. <laughs> you know it, Moses would be out. Before I punch somebody. So they were sent to a high risk doctor actually, who she says was an absolute light throughout the entire pregnancy, which is awesome. So he had 12 children of his own. So he understood the value of children. And she said he quote, never once treated our situation as a lost cause. Isn't that so encouraging that and so inspiring? So great. Like imagine being told by a healthcare provider, you should probably think about abortion. You should think about killing your baby because of these abnormalities. Yeah. And then a doctor's like, nope, your situation is not lost. Your baby is not dead. That is how every doctor Absolutely. should act. That every doctor needs to treat both the baby and the mother as a patient because they're both patients. And that's what this doctor did. And so he scheduled constant ultrasounds to check on the baby's well-being throughout it. He always um, let it, let them know that he was available at all times. Um, so he, what was the result? The result is um, they welcomed their baby, Edmund David, into the world at only four pounds, 10 ounces. Aww. She says he was tiny but mighty, and she says there were an entire team of doctors and nurses ready to do whatever they could for him. And that is exactly how a baby should come into this world. Yes. Um, we just heard from Moses with this omnibus death bill. There are doctors, there are legislators who want it to be legal for a baby to be born at any stage in Minnesota at any, at any period, so maybe bigger than four pounds. Usually babies are not born at four pounds. They're born at like seven or eight Um they would think it should be fine for Edmund David to be born to the world and to be not greeted with an entire team of doctors and nurses ready to give him life and to fight for his life. That is so detrimental. But thankfully, this team was ready to do that. And so he was immediately whisked off to the NICU just because he was a tiny little baby. Um, so about three days after birth, he was diagnosed with an intestinal disorder. So he had a surgery to rectify that. He also has an unbalanced translocation is what it's called, which means that he has an extra portion of chromosome 7 and then a partial deletion of a different chromosome, chromosome 10. So because of this, this is usually very rare and severe, this kind of chromosome imbalance. Balance, but his geneticist was actually so surprised at how well he was doing despite this condition, which is incredible. So even though he had obstacles, he actually came home um, after only a month in the NICU with zero medications, which is incredible. Wow. Now, he did face he continued to thrive after coming home. He did face some other challenges because, again, he's a tiny little baby. Yeah. He has, of course, some health problems. So he came down with RSV. That was that was tragic. They prepared, oh my gosh, our baby might die. Like it got very serious. Um, thankfully, he made a miraculous recovery, which wow. is incredible. And so this little baby is just fighting for life and has continued to thrive ever since he came back from the hospital after RSV. Um, now he is, let's see, how old is he? He's, I think he's like seven months old. Don't quote me on that. Um, but he, I just think that is such an amazing story. And before I close out this portion of the podcast, I just want to share like some quotes from the mom that mm -hmm. are just so heartwarming that we all want to hear. Um, it's just a good inspiration to us of it's easy for us to think now, like we haven't been in the situation. Moses and I have not been in the situation. Maybe we will be in the future um, or a situation like this. Um, but like it's easy for us to think, no, we would never consider abortion. Like we just wouldn't. But I think it's really good to put really think, okay, we haven't been in those shoes and how incredible and bold and 
like hopeful of them to put their trust in God in a mm-hmm. situation like that. So here are some quotes from his mom. Um, she said, through all of the trials that he has endured, he never fails to have a smile on his face and find joy in even the smallest things in life. I feel blessed that God instilled in my husband and me the value of life, no matter what sacrifices may come with it. And I'm so thankful we were not scared into thinking that abortion was our option. God has allowed Edmund to be a source of inspiration, not only to us, but also to his medical team and those who have followed on his journey. I hope that Edmund's beautiful smile will show others that medical conditions do not mean sorrow and that joy can be found in all life, whether, quote, healthy or not. That's so, so good. I yes. just love that. How how life affirming in every I sense know. of the word. And you just you just want every family and every every family to realize that truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and and some people might say, well, that's easy for you to say. Right. You know, like but you know, like we're all given different trials. We're, we're all given different trials. You know, parenting is not always a bed of roses, whether your kids are you know um, more or less healthy or whether they have uh, disabilities or, as in this case, um, serious life-threatening mm-hmm. issues, it's still a 100 percent, um, it's still 100 percent a God thing mm-hmm. to become a parent to a, a tiny little human being, yes. to have them entrusted to you is so beautiful, so magical, one of God's greatest gifts in this world. And if everyone knew that, I just, you know, the, the number of abortions would fall to zero. And we talk about that, right? We talk about abortion becoming unthinkable mm-hmm. and more families like this is part of how that happens. Absolutely, Moses. So just a few takeaways for me from that story. Um, I just think that this story is just one example of showing how human value is 100% inherent. And why is that? It's not just because, oh, we're humans, period. It's no, because we were made in the image of God. Like, that is the reason. It's the fact that we are made um, to be in the image of our creator. Therefore, our value is not something that can be taken away from us if we are disabled, if we have a disability. Basically, our value is not contingent upon what we can or cannot contribute to society. That's not the truth. And seeking to abort children just because they may suffer is discriminatory and immoral. And so we've talked about this on the podcast before you guys, but you can never, like you can never prove beyond a shadow of doubt that a baby is going to suffer when he's born. You cannot prove that. And also you can't prove that even if you could prove that when he's born, he's going to have abnormalities. You cannot prove that he couldn't rise above his circumstances and have an amazing life. I mean, Down syndrome babies are some of the most happy kids in the entire world. Mm -hmm. They're so joyful and they bring joy to all those around them. And so potential suffering, you guys, does not justify the murder of the innocent. I mean, that we should never act as if we have the knowledge of God, if we have the power of God. We are not the author of life, so we should not be giving and taking life. And um, we should always work to eliminate the suffering, but not the sufferer. Mm. So we should never try to eliminate a sweet child from this earth because he might suffer. Rather, we should work to do everything like these doctors, nurses, and his entire family did. They worked to try to eliminate his suffering, to try to give him the best quality of life possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just I think the bottom line here is choosing life isn't always easy, but it is always right. And I think this family proves that. I mean, it wasn't easy. It wasn't the easy journey for them. It was hard. I mean, their hearts were broken probably multiple times because their little baby son was suffering, but it was always right. Um, It was always what God wanted. And 
they did what was right. And I think it's just an amazing story and an amazing reminder that there are families like this across our state and across our country that are choosing life. And these don't make the headlines. And that's why we're giving them a headline. I mean, what makes the headlines is all this terrible stuff. But for every terrible thing that's happening, there's an equally good, if not better thing happening. And so I think it's good to put that into perspective, which is why Moses and I want to start a new section of the podcast. Moses, tell them kind of our vision for it. Yeah. Um, so I, I've just, I just was struck by this idea that like we need to, um, you know, we talk about truth on this podcast a lot because there is truth mm -hmm. and we're, as Christians, we're tied to that truth, tied to the word of God. We had the idea that, um, that having scripture in the podcast, even just a little, a little, a little, you know, a little bit every every week would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Now I'm I kind of thinking, Grace, that maybe we should have that be the absolute last thing on every episode. That's good. So yeah, so let's so maybe talk about what we're reading first. Yeah, maybe yeah, very briefly. and then we'll give two some scriptures that I really want to share. But yeah. yeah, so Moses, what are you reading this week? Um, you know, Grace, I'm kind of re I'm reading a book. I'm I'm always reading a book, but I'm not feeling super like proud of what I'm reading. I kind of want to get back into some more intense, more literary mm, stuff. Okay. Um, because I'm reading kind of popcorn books. Um, <laughs> I read fiction all the time. Is no, that what you mean by popcorn? Well, book? no, not not just fiction, but like I read mm. a lot of like classic fiction. Like I read oh, one, yeah. uh, you know, Anna Karenina last year, and so I good. raved about that to you guys. <gasps> Have you read Jane Eyre? Yes, <gasps> I love Jane so Eyre. Good. Jane Eyre is uh, incredible. That's my next to read. I mean, I've already read it, but I want to reread it because it's just so good. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely excellent. So that being said, I'm reading a book called Change Agent by Daniel Suarez, and it's about you know it's actually really cool. It's a smart, uh, fun thriller, and it is about the dangers of like genetic editing, mm. and uh, and it's actually a really good argument against uh, genetic experimentation on humans. So that's fun. Um, and then oh yes, and my wife and I have just started reading The Devil in the White City, which is. Uh, this book about uh, these uh, murders that took place during the Chicago World's Fair in 1893. It's a very, very well-known book. It's 20 years old now, but it's like a huge bestseller. And that is so fun. So I, I recommend that. What are you reading? That's awesome. So I am reading the third book in the series that I was reading a week ago. So this is the Ashton Burial series. Oh, right. So Empire of Bones, fiction book, really good. Um, and then I'm also reading The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis. And mm. I have never made it all the way through the book. I've read individual essays in that book. Mm -hmm. But I'm almost done with it. So good. So timely, obviously, as I'm getting married soon. Um, and then I just finished Loving the Little Years by Rachel Jankovic. And that you probably read it too, or at least Brianna has. I've read parts of it. My wife loves it. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's just a book about um, how motherhood isn't always glamorous. Um, but we're not losing a part of ourselves when we become mothers. Like that's a lie from culture. Culture tells us, yep, you're going to lose your identity when you have kids. So don't have kids. Or if you already have them, well, you're basically screwed. Nope, that's not true. This book uh, completely com combats that myth. So I definitely recommend if that's something that you've thought of, even if you're not a mom, like it's very, very helpful. Just, okay, like being a mother is something that women were called to do. We're called to be mothers. Amen. And it's amazing and it's a privilege and a gift. It's not like this thing that we're just a And men are through. called to be fathers, just to be yeah. clear. It doesn't <laughs> right. just go one way. Right, right, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's what we're reading this week, guys. Okay. So, so yeah, so Grace, why don't you take us out mm -hmm. with some scripture from the Word of God? And I just hope that for everyone who's watching and listening, that this will be helpful, that this will ground us in the Word of God so that we can face whatever whatever comes in politics or any personal um, setbacks that we face because we can always go to God's Word and come to Him in prayer, and, and He will 
Uh, he will wipe away every tear. He will forgive mm-hmm. every sin. He will be our comfort. Absolutely. So these are two of my favorite verses. Most of I have lots of favorite verses, but most of them are found in First and Second Corinthians. I put them. I put two together because they really go so well together. One is what we're called to do, and then the result of that. And so 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and take every lo- and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Isn't that amazing that we have those weapons? We have weapons that have the power to destroy strongholds, and our power comes from God, and we are only on the only side that matters, God's Amen. side. And then this is the verse that I think, this is 1 Corinthians 15, 58, so not 2 Corinthians, but it's like, this is like a good summary of, in light of that, he, Paul says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Now, I just love both those verses together, but especially that last one, just because Sometimes I was telling Moses this before the podcast, just it can feel like, why is God not judging these wicked legislators? Why is God not bringing justice? Why is he not acting? We ask him to act and things are not going our way. Um, Like with the trifecta last week, it's easy to feel that way. Um, But I think that when we think that way, it just shows our total lack of humility Mm -hmm. and the reason why we should not be God and why we should not play God. Whenever we put ourselves in the position of God, of course, we're going to think that way. Why? Because we're not omniscient. We're not sovereign. We don't know. We know that the story will end in God's victory, but we don't know exactly how that's going to look. Mm -hmm. We don't know all of the chapters, even though we know the final chapter. And so um, just remembering that Like the final judgment is not happening right now. God is judging. We may not always see how he's judging the wicked, but he is judging them and he will bring final judgment. We have confidence in that. He will bring mercy and justice in the end and he's bringing it about right now. And we will fully understand at the end. We will understand. We will see, wow, that's why this happened. That's why that happened. And we will know, like Corinthians says, in the Lord, our labor is not in vain. Amen. What a great way to end this episode of the Family Beacon podcast. Talk about truth. Um, So again, every week this podcast, we bring you the facts on politics and cultures that you can stand for truth. Make sure to uh, subscribe to get critical action alerts, um, um, get our emails, and then uh, share this podcast with a friend. Maybe they want to hear what's going on in Minnesota so they can cry, weep, or laugh along (laughs) with us, depending on the week. So that's it from Moses and Grace here in the studio. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Thanks for listening to or watching this episode of the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MN Family Council and subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts, stand for truth. Mm-hmm.